Something to note, all myths have many versions and variations. For this episode, we've selected those we felt are the most entertaining and supplemented them with additional research into Greek myths and traditions. Our myths may not always be the version you're familiar with, but we hope you'll enjoy them. But be warned, this episode features dramatizations of torture, gore, murder, drowning, and strangling. Listener discretion is advised, especially for listeners under 13. Excuse me. I'm looking for Charon. I am Charon. Oh, thank the gods. I'm King Sisyphus of Ephira. I'm trying to get out of the underworld, back to the land of the living. Is this the ferry across the river Styx? It is, but it's not for you. No mortal leaves Hades. Sisyphus glanced over his shoulder, back across the craggy underworld. He knew that at any moment, some demon or fury might stumble across Thanatos, the god of death, chained in the cavern where Sisyphus had left him. That's what I thought too, but Thanatos told me to tell you there was a mistake. I'm supposed to go back to my home, some sort of mix-up. That's not possible. I'll have to check with him. Of course, though I don't know if you should bother him right now. See, there was a prisoner who broke free. He was supposed to be eaten alive by wolves. It turned into a big thing. Thanatos wasn't happy. I don't want to tell you how to do your job, but just so you know, he said the next creature, mortal or god, who disturbs him will be chained to a volcano. That does sound like him. He's got quite a temper. Must be tough to work for. You're telling me? There was this time I rode too slowly. He's such a taskmaster. Fine. Get in. Sisyphus boarded Charon's boat. As the ferrymen of Hades rowed them across the swift current of the river Styx, Sisyphus glanced back toward the erupting volcanoes of the underworld. He made a solemn vow to himself never to return. Welcome to Mythology, a Spotify original from Parcast. Every Tuesday, we present dramatic stories from ancient mythology and explore their origins. I'm your host and narrator, Vanessa Richardson. You can find all episodes of Mythology and all other Spotify originals from Parcast for free on Spotify or wherever you listen to podcasts. Today, we're concluding the story of Sisyphus. Last week, the tricky king of Ephira angered Zeus by disrespecting Senea, the ancient Greek law of hospitality. But when Sisyphus arrived in Hades to serve his punishment, he escaped. This week, we follow Sisyphus's desperate attempts to avoid Hades and chronicle how one of Greece's cleverest rulers ended up with the most horrifying punishment of all. Coming up, Sisyphus learns the consequences of cheating death. This Father's Day, give Dad the gift that guarantees him a great morning every day. 
That's Tommy John's Second Skin Underwear. With over 20 million pairs sold and thousands of five-star reviews, guys love Tommy John. Plus, your most valuable assets are covered with Tommy John's Best Pair You'll Ever Wear or its free guarantee. Get 30% off gifts for dad on select Father's Day styles at TommyJohn.com. Save 30% at TommyJohn.com. See site for details. Welcome back to Collector's Closet, presented by the Ohio Lottery. Let's discuss my newest prize possession, this new $10 scratch-off, the $500,000 Platinum Jackpot. The best method I've found so far to help it hold its value is to vacuum seal it. This thing cannot get scratched. What's that? Sorry, my producer's telling me the only way it could be worth up to 500 grand is if I do scratch it? Okay, well, in that case, definitely don't overprotect your $500,000 Platinum Jackpot scratch-offs. Play them. Lottery players are subject to Ohio laws and commission regulations. Play responsibly. There's a new class of blockbuster drugs. Drugs like Ozempic. They're changing bodies. And all of a sudden, just the weight starts falling off. Fortunes. It just got too expensive. They're just bank breakers. And industries. There was a lot of excitement. There was a lot of skepticism. The impact of these drugs from business to health is just beginning. From the journal, Trillion Dollar Shot. Find it in the journal feed wherever you get your podcasts. Ladies and gentlemen of Athera, your eyes do not deceive you. It is I, Sisyphus, your king. I survived the most dreaded place in existence, Hades. I have proven that I am the cleverest ruler in all of Greece, perhaps in all the world. Sisyphus stood on a balcony overlooking his city. Citizens poured into the streets to cheer his return. He had never felt so adored in his life. Do not worry, I will tell you all about Hades' terrifying landscape, its volcanic fissures and terrifying array of punishments. I will regale you with the harrowing tale of how I escaped the clutches of the god of death himself. First, however, I would like to present a gift to you from the underworld. Yes, I know, it will be difficult to surpass my last one, our miraculous spring of fresh water, but I believe this is better still. Since I bested Thanatos in a game of wits, I have saved all of you from death. Yes, you heard that correctly. I, Sisyphus of Ephira, have won you immortality. Thanatos will no longer find you in your times of sickness or old age. Your children, parents, and grandparents are safe. You are now immortal, just like the gods. I did it for you, my good citizens of Ephira. And of course, my darling wife who stands beside me today. Sisyphus, can I speak with you privately? Merope, can it wait? We're in the middle of a celebration. But you didn't consider any of the consequences. This is going to affect not only Ephira, but all of Greece. Maybe the whole world. Yes, I know. That's what I just said. I saved everyone from death. You claim you're clever, so I'm not sure why you're not getting this. This will disrupt the entire balance of the Earth. This is so like you, Merope. You can't let me have anything. Besides, if something happens, I'll scheme my way out of it just as I've always done. We should be celebrating. Nobody has to worry about death anymore. What could possibly go wrong? But Merope was right. 
Without death, cities were soon overpopulated. There were massive food shortages. People lost their jobs. Doctors didn't have patients since nobody worried about disease. Sculptors were no longer needed to carve statues of the dead. Even farmers and shopkeepers, whose jobs seemed safe at the start, could no longer keep up with the demand for food, clothes, and basic staples of life. And before long, riots began to grip Ephira and other Greek cities. Look outside, Sisyphus. People are looting the emergency supplies of grain. Ephira is falling apart. Yes, but our mortality rate is zero. Zero, Merope. That's unprecedented. So even if people loot and riot, nobody will die. It's genius. I can't believe I married you. Don't you get it? No one can enjoy immortality when everything is in chaos. I warned you this would happen. You didn't think about the consequences. It's an adjustment phase, Merope. Believe me, I'll get this under control. But Sisyphus wasn't able to get it under control. In fact, it only became worse. Sisyphus refused to deal with the repercussions, so it fell on Merope's shoulders. She had to find someone who could fix the problem. She knew mortals weren't welcome at Mount Olympus or Hades. But she knew of one god who might be able to help. Ares, the god of war. Not far from Ephira, he stood atop a hill, watching two armies locked in battle. Except it wasn't going as he desired. Why is no one dying? This is so boring. Ares, almighty god of war, I have some information for you. Who are you? I am Merope, queen of Ephira. I have come to beg for your help. My husband, Sisyphus, caused this crisis that you see on your battlefield. He tricked Thanatos and chained him in Hades, so now mortals can't die. I see that. It's quite vexing. If you can free Thanatos, everything will return to normal. You can go back to watching wars with plenty of death and destruction. That is my favorite part. But why would you tell me this? Isn't he your husband? Indeed, but he's also the bane of my existence. He has destroyed life in Ephira. He has brought shame to my name. My one hope is to be free of him forever. <laughs> I like your style, mortal. Someone, get me my chariot. I will ride for Hades at once. While Ares went in search of Thanatos, Sisyphus continued to celebrate his good fortune in Ephira. Happy birthday to one of my oldest friends, Demetrios. Today is a miracle. Just a short time ago, Demetrios was told by the doctors that he was terminally ill. But here he is, at the ripe old age of 50. I realize the irony of celebrating a birthday while Ephira is in chaos. We are still working out the logistics of everyone living forever. I assure you, I have established a council to work out the details, but in the meantime, we should celebrate these miraculous moments. Thanks to me ridding the world of Thanatos, Demetrios is here with us and will be forever. 
Dimitrios? He's not breathing. Someone get a doctor. That's not possible. I assure you, it is. His heart's not beating. But how? I saved everyone from death. I guess things must have changed. You know what this means, right? Now that people can die again, balance will be restored to the world. Who cares about balance? I'm in danger! Thanatos must be free, and he will come for me again. I'm a dead man walking. Coming up, Sisyphus tries to outwit death once again. Imagine living with a secret so big that if anyone ever found out, it would change everything. Imagine carrying that secret with you every day, desperate to one day get it off your chest. Do you think you could take a secret like that to the grave? I'm Estefania Hageman, host of the new podcast series, Deathbed Confessions, the show where we dive deep into the most explosive things people have admitted to while drawing their last breath. From murder, fake identities, heists, illicit affairs, and even top government secrets. This season on Deathbed Confessions, we investigate cases like Frank Thorogood, the construction worker who claimed that the drowning of Rolling Stones founder Brian Jones was no accident. Margaret Gibson, a silent film actress who, while dying of a heart attack, confessed to one of the most famous unsolved crimes in Hollywood history. And ex-CIA officer Howard Hunt, who on his deathbed confessed to playing a role in the assassination of President John F. Kennedy. Deathbed Confessions is a Spotify original from Parcast, airing episodes weekly starting July 21st. Follow and listen to Deathbed Confessions for free on Spotify. Oh, it's such a clutch pickup, Dave. I was worried we'd bring back the same team. I meant those blackout motorized shades. Blinds.com made it crazy affordable to replace our old blinds. Hard to install? No, it's easy. I installed these and then got some for my mom, too. She talked to a design consultant for free and scheduled a professional measure and install. Hall of Fame son. They're the number one online retailer of custom window coverings in the world. Blinds.com is the GOAT. The GOAT. Go to Blinds.com for up to 45% off. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Now, back to the story. As death returned to the world, Ephira was plunged into a new crisis. The backlog of deaths finally caught up with the citizens. There were mass die-offs. People dropped dead in the middle of the street. Soon, corpses piled up. The survivors couldn't hold funeral rites fast enough. The stench of death hung like a fog across the city of Ephira. But inside the castle, Sisyphus was more concerned about something else. Thanatos is coming for me, Merope. I can feel it. What are we going to do? I plan on celebrating. I'll finally be rid of you. Admit it. You'll secretly miss me when I'm gone. Mm, I guess I'll miss plotting your death. See? That's something. But never mind that, I need your help. What now? Can't I have a moment's peace without one of your infernal schemes? No. Now listen, if I wait for Thanatos to come fetch me, he's not going to go easy on me. You should see what they've done to prisoners down there. They lashed some guy named Ixion to a burning wheel and sent him spinning across the sky in flames. 
Oh, and you should see what they did to Tantalus. He's stuck in a pool of crystal clear water that fills slowly, but he can never drink it. Can you imagine that? They'll surely find something worse for me. Then drink as much water as you can. You can go admire the spring you tricked the river god into giving you. I know how you love it so much. This is no time for jokes! Wait, Merope, you've done it! You gave me an idea! What? How? Oh, that was not my intention! Come, accompany me to the spring! What would you like us to do? Shall we sculpt a fountain of your likeness so citizens can drink from your hands? That would be nice. But no, I have another idea. I want you to send me to Hades. <laughs> I thought you'd never ask. Hold still. Let me get a good grip. <coughs> get away from me! I didn't mean kill me! Oh, come on. I was almost there. I want you to dump my body in the spring. It feeds into the stream outside the city, which will carry my body all the way to the river Styx. Let me get this straight. You want to escape Hades by going back to Hades? Exactly. They'll never expect it. Why not let me kill you? It'll solve all our problems. I can finally move on with my life. Shush, Merope. I have a plan. Now, help me into the water. Merope helped Sisyphus into the basin of water that surrounded the spring. On the far side was a stream that led out of the city. As Sisyphus floated away, he waved back at his wife. Even though they hated each other, she was the only person who he trusted. When the stream finally dumped Sisyphus into the river Styx, he was swept into the raging current. At several points, Sisyphus thought for sure he would drown, but he was able to hold on and survive. The river carried him all the way into Hades, where he arrived days later, tired, exhausted, and soaked. Even though Sisyphus had been there before, he found the underworld no less terrifying. Magma flowed past his feet, and of course there was the ever-present screaming of the damned. Sisyphus knew whatever tortures they were experiencing would pale in comparison to his if he didn't stick to his plan. First, he needed to avoid Thanatos at all costs. Second, he had to locate one particular figure in Hades who could help him. After a short while, Sisyphus dragged his body from the river onto the rocky shore at the feet of Charon, the ferryman. You again! Thanatos is looking for you. I know. I made a grave error last time. And I apologize for involving you in my deception. I assure you I've grown since then which is why I'm back under my own volition. I could have waited for Thanatos to come get me, but I want to face my punishment like an honorable man. But first, I need your help. I need to speak with Persephone. Are you crazy? Persephone doesn't meet with mortals like you. Yes, but she'll want to hear this. I witnessed someone disrespecting our ancient burial rites. I suppose that is her purview. Follow me. 
Charon led Sisyphus to Persephone's throne, a towering structure of rotting bones and flesh. Atop it, Persephone sat poised, surveying her kingdom of the underworld. She was both regal and terrifying at the same time. Your holiness, I beg your forgiveness. This mortal desires an audience with you. This is Sisyphus of Ephira. So, this is the nettlesome Sisyphus. You've caused quite the headache. Up there, and in my kingdom. My humble apologies, your majesty. That's why I am here, to serve my punishment. But before I do, I have something to tell you, to help you. What is it? It better be good. It concerns an issue you care deeply about. Our solemn tradition of burial rites. They are sacred to me. Who has broken them? Was it you? Not at all, your majesty. In fact, I am the victim in this regard. You see, although I stand before you in the underworld, I never received a proper burial. I should have known. I bring this to your attention not for my sake, but on behalf of the people of Ephira, of Greece in general. If a king can be dishonored, it's a slippery slope. (sighs) Fine. Tell me, who was the transgressor? My wife. Sisyphus! This must be some kind of joke. Hand to the gods, I'm telling the truth! See, we have this freshwater spring in our city. It's quite a story, actually. I convinced this river god named Esopus to place it in the town square. I thought it was quite clever myself, but Merope mocked me for it. She said I was- Sisyphus, get to the point. Right, of course. Out of spite, Merope dumped my body in the spring. Even though I reminded her that if I died, she should wash my body and anoint it with oils. I can almost see why she didn't listen. But if what you said is true, I cannot allow this to go unpunished. Charon! Send someone to fetch this Queen Merope! Yes, your highness. Wait, wait. I don't want to inconvenience you on account of my wife's mistake. Please, let me handle this for you. I can teach her a lesson and come right back to serve my punishment. You are a pain in my throne, Sisyphus. Fine. Only because I'm sick of dealing with you. I'll allow you to return to the mortal world for the sole purpose of reprimanding your wife, but you must return to Hades immediately afterward. Of course, Your Majesty, I promise, on my honor as a Greek citizen. We've seen how well you honor that, by killing guests in your home. So let's just say, you will return, or face an even greater punishment. Something worse than anyone has ever seen or heard of. Of course. Thank you, Your Holiness. Allow me to say, your kingdom here is simply wonderful. That throne with all the rotting flesh, it's lovely. Sisyphus, go now. Before I rescind my offer, confine you in a pool of sharks and let them eat your limbs every day for eternity. Uh, right. Sorry, going now. Sisyphus turned and hurried to Charon's rowboat. When he safely disembarked on the far riverbank, he paused and looked at Hades. A sly grin spread across his face. Since the dawn of mankind, we have trembled at the thought of the underworld. 
It strikes fear into the hearts of men and women alike. But I, Sisyphus of Ephyra, have vanquished this realm twice. At first, I believed it was on account of my superior intellect and craftiness. Now, however, I am convinced it is because of one reason alone. I am a god! It is the only rightful explanation for my good fortune. Death no longer holds any dominion over me. Good riddance, Hades. I will never lay eyes on your rocky shores again. Coming up, Sisyphus tries to outwit the king of the gods. Now, back to the story. Finally free of Sisyphus, Queen Merope rejoiced. Every evening, she instructed her servants to draw her a hot bath with fragrant juniper berries. She lit candles around the room and poured a glass of wine. Occasionally, she even hired a musician to play relaxing music while she bathed. But mostly, she enjoyed the peace and quiet free of her husband. Until one night... Merope, where are you? Are you in the bath? Wow, that looks relaxing. It was. What happened? I thought you were gone for good this time. Your husband is no longer a man. I told you that years ago. Not like that. I'm a god. Are you sure? How is that possible? Think about it, Merope. I've outwitted death twice. There's only one explanation for that. I'll admit you're clever. Tricky, even. But I think Zeus may beg to differ about you being a god. Tell him to come challenge me. Until then, we're going to throw the biggest party ever known. Have one of the artists design a banner. I wanted to say, welcome home, Sisyphus. Congratulations on being a god. Gods help me. While Merope dealt with having Sisyphus back in Ephira, Persephone realized the arrogant king wasn't returning to Hades. She knew she had to call in the ultimate authority. Zeus, thank you for seeing me. I always make time for another monarch. Persephone, what brings you to Mount Olympus? It's about Sisyphus, king of Ephira. Oh, I almost forgot about that thorn in my side. Tell me, what delicious punishment did Thanatos arrange for him? I hope it involves something eating him slowly and painfully. That's the thing. He escaped. Twice. How is that possible? Long story. First, he tricked Thanatos. Then he convinced me he had to return home temporarily. You let him leave? Where is Thanatos? I'd like to hear this from him. He's... in hiding. He feels ashamed. Even Ixion, who is chained to a burning wheel, chuckles when Thanatos walks by. It's downright humiliating for him. I don't care. Tell him to get up here. Your Majesty, I can handle it. I just need someone to bring Sisyphus back. I don't know, Persephone. Isn't the first rule of Hades, don't let anyone leave? It is. You can't let the dead get the upper hand. You have to keep them under lock and key at all times, even if it seems cruel. As if I didn't get enough lectures from Hades. 
Step aside. I'll handle this. Zeus summoned his winged messenger, Hermes, and instructed him to bring Sisyphus to Mount Olympus. A short time later, Hermes returned with the king of Ephyra. Zeus, Persephone, your majesties, I, I was just on my way back to Hades. My wife proved to be more difficult to punish than I thought. Seems to run in the family, but that ends here. You are an abomination to Greece and mankind. Not only have you disrespected guests in your home, your own family, but you have also shown your contempt over and over to the gods. Thanatos, Ares, Persephone, even me! I hereby condemn you to pay the price for your lifetime of contempt for Senea. Do I at least get a choice of punishment? A choice? <laughs> you never let up, do you? It was worth a shot. You want to turn it around on us like you did to Thanatos. Is the almighty Zeus afraid of matching wits with a mortal? <sighs> All right, fine. I'll give you a choice of three punishments. But whatever you pick, you're stuck with. Oh, this is perfect. Thank you, Zeus. All right. Ready? Your three choices are snakes, fire, or rock. <laughs> oh, how you underestimate me, Zeus. You have blessed me once again with an opportunity to outwit you. You might as well not even play, because I'm still too clever. I will beat you once again. You're stalling. I'm not stalling, because my mind is already made up. I surely cannot pick the snakes, since it's well known that their needle-like teeth are excruciating. And I cannot pick the fire because a sensation of burning flesh is considered the worst torture in all existence. So I will choose the easiest option of all. I will select the one that cannot bite or burn me and will ensure an easy punishment. The rock. Final answer? Final answer. I hoped you'd say that. Wait, what? What did I agree to? Can I change my decision? Sorry, too late, Sisyphus. Perhaps you're not so clever after all. Of the three tortures offered to you, you chose a rock. So, I banish you to Tartarus. Tartarus? That's reserved for the worst criminals in Hades. Exactly. You might be the most depraved monster I've ever encountered. You made a mockery of Senea. You forced yourself on your niece. You faked your own death and blamed your wife. So, now you'll spend the rest of your life with other vile creatures. Tartarus was even darker than Hades. The rocks weren't just sharp here, they were fresh from the Earth's core, so even touching them burnt the flesh. Even just standing in Tartarus was its own punishment. In the middle of Tartarus was a dormant volcano with steep sides that extended high into the sky. And next to it was a single boulder with rough-hewn sides. It resembled a sphere from a distance, but up close it was pockmarked with jagged crevices and razor-sharp dimples. Sisyphus of Ephyra, 
I present to you your rock. That's not a rock. It looks like a small planet. Well, get going. It's not going to push itself. What do I do with it? Push it to the top. Oh, that's all? If you can push it into the mouth of the volcano, your punishment will be served. You should be able to do that, especially if you are, as you say, a god. Yes, it should be no problem. As Sisyphus approached the boulder for the first time, it towered over his head. When he placed his bare hands on it, he felt the surface pierce his skin. He tried to shove the rock with a firm push, but it didn't budge. He had to crouch into a wrestler's stance and lean all of his weight into it. He strained and strained, using all of the strength in his leg and back muscles. Only then did the rock finally begin to move. It was the most difficult task Sisyphus had ever experienced. Every muscle in his body screamed in pain. With each step, his sandals fought for traction. He knew if he slipped, the massive stone would roll back and crush him, so he kept going. Halfway up the mountain, he had to stop to catch his breath. He wiped the sweat from his brow, but the salty perspiration burned the raw wounds on his hands. After a moment, he started pushing again. He knew if he stopped, he might never make it. When Sisyphus finally rolled the boulder onto the top of the mountain, he collapsed to the ground. His mouth hung open, gasping for air. For a moment, he was relieved to be done, but then he heard a horrifying sound. The boulder started to roll backward toward the edge of the cliff. The exhausted king scrambled to stop it, but it was too heavy. Even throwing all of his weight behind it wouldn't stop it. At the last moment, he had to dive out of the way, lest he be crushed by its mass. Sisyphus watched from above as the boulder tumbled back down the mountainside. When it finally settled at the bottom, it appeared like a tiny grain of sand in the distance. Sisyphus collapsed to his knees. No! What's wrong, Sisyphus? That, that wasn't my fault. I pushed it to the top. All right. I'll give you that one. How, how many more times do I have to do this? Ten, twenty, a hundred? <laughs> oh, you foolish mortal. There is no number. What do you mean, no number? Well, how does one count to infinity? Would you like me to say a trillion? A trillion trillion? Even beyond that, Let's just say you have to do this forever. For, forever? No, that's not possible. I'll never make it. That's the great thing about Hades. You don't have a choice. You can't stop it. Oh, and I'll let you in on another secret. This isn't the worst part. How could it get any worse? Remember how you strived your whole life to be known as the cleverest man in Greece? You knew about that? 
Of course. Thank the gods. My reputation is still secure. <laughs> Actually, I've made sure no one will ever recall your wit or cleverness. They will only remember you for this. Well, they'll have to wonder what precipitated such a diabolical torture. Nope. No one will care. Your life will fade into obscurity, and all that will matter is you and this rock. Wait, please. I'll, I'll do anything. Too late. Goodbye, Sisyphus. Have a wonderful eternity. No! For centuries after the Greeks first told the story of Sisyphus, Zeus's proclamation held true. When anyone spoke of the king of Ephira, they only referred to him in relation to his rock. Sometime around the 8th century BCE, the Greek poet Homer mentioned Sisyphus in the Odyssey. When Odysseus arrived in the underworld, he saw Sisyphus in violent torment, seeking to raise a monstrous stone with both his hands. Homer wasn't the only ancient writer to acknowledge Sisyphus. In 8 CE, the Roman poet Ovid cited him in his epic collection of mythological history, Metamorphoses. In one passage, Ovid described Orpheus's song about his lost love, Eurydice. The song was so heart-wrenching and beautiful that even Sisyphus took a break from his boulder to listen. Once again, however, Sisyphus was only a passing mention, a piece of local flair in the underworld. After Homer and Ovid, Sisyphus's life story was even more obscured by the sands of time. In 1942, French philosopher Albert Camus published The Myth of Sisyphus. For the first time in history, the King of Ephira was the title character. However, Camus didn't mention anything about Sisyphus's cleverness or penchant for murder. It was only about his punishment and its symbolism for the absurdity of human existence. What writers and historians seemed to have missed was that he was a rare example of a mythological sociopath. Of course, violence was a fact of life in ancient Greece, but Sisyphus didn't kill enemies in battle or while conquering new lands. He chose to kill guests in his home. Besides murdering visitors, he also seduced and forced himself on his niece. Perhaps even worse, he showed no remorse for his deeds, even after he was sentenced to Hades. There's an age-old expression that a punishment should fit the crime. In the case of Sisyphus, one could argue that his extreme sentence truly did fit his crimes. Perhaps the first Greek storytellers who crafted the tale of Sisyphus intended for him to be a warning for future sociopaths. Commit heinous acts, and you'll suffer an even more horrifying punishment. But there was one thing they didn't count on, making the punishment so terrifying that everyone forgot about the crimes that preceded it. Thanks again for tuning in to Mythology. We'll be back Tuesday with a new episode. 
You can find more episodes of Mythology and all other Spotify originals from Parcast for free on Spotify. If you enjoy Mythology, you'll love my other podcast, Tales. Tales presents fairy tales the way they were originally told, orally and unadulterated. Every Wednesday, we dive into the dark origins of classic fables. We'll be back next week with another epic story. Mythology is a Spotify original from Parcast. Executive producers include Max and Ron Cutler. Sound design by Brian Golub, with production assistance by Ron Shapiro, Trent Williamson, Carly Madden, and Freddie Beckley. This episode of Mythology was written by Adam De Silva, with writing assistance by Andrew Kelleher, fact-checking by Bennett Logan, and research by Adriana Gomez. The amazing cast of voice actors includes Joe Hernandez, Julian Smith, and Rebecca Thomas. I'm Vanessa Richardson.